Welcome to the Rumble Podcast. Here at Rumble, we are a catalyst and a movement that exists to reach men, connect them to Jesus, and equip them to live as kingdom men. In this episode, we're going to our 2022 Regular Joe Conference. This takes place every year in November, and our theme is based around Acts 4.13. How the people looked at Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were regular Joes, but they took note that they had been with Jesus. We want you to sit back, relax, and let this speak to you. Alright guys, welcome back. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's just take a moment. <clears throat> kind of, let's just take 30 seconds of silence. No talking, no praying, just nothing. 30 seconds, silence, okay? Holy Spirit, refresh us, refresh us. Give us the capacity today that we need to receive everything you're bringing. Holy Spirit, refresh us, refresh our minds, refresh our hearts. Amen. Okay, guys, so um, we're actually gonna do something completely different. I know it says the church and men But that just sounds crushingly boring. And I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. I would rather, anyway, God put something else on my heart. And Spud is such a God guy. He's just like, go for it. Sure, change the platform. Okay, thank you. So I think what I would like to describe, because I want to build on what we just covered. That That would be more helpful rather than, you know, going off in a whole brand new direction. Um, so let's build on the introduction that I just, I just gave about the creation uh, that you are. You are the des- design of God. You are such a powerful thing. You are a man to the marrow of your bones. That is who and what you are. So I thought it might be helpful. What I'm going to do is describe maybe something of the process, maybe something of the journey, um, and then we can dialogue about it. As Spud was saying, you can, you can send your questions in or we can handle a couple just live like this too. So <clears throat> as I uh, have done a lot of work with men over the years, as I've sought to do my own uh, work and, and um, restoration, wholeheartedness, better union with God. Just my own personal journey, I've, I've learned a lot. Working with men, I've learned an awful lot. Raising three sons has also been an education. 
Uh, and now we have daughters because they married. Uh, and now we have grandsons and granddaughters. And, you know, I just, if I, I, all I, I could just video three minutes of the grandsons and granddaughters playing, and it would explain everything. <laughs> like, it's just, it's in there. It's the Imago Dei. The, yeah. The son, all he wants to do, we have a little quad, little ATV on our property. All my grandsons want to do is just ride around on it. Just ride around, around, around. My granddaughter gets on it, but she wants to have a conversation. <laughs> it's like classic femininity. It's cracking me up. They're loud, you know? She's just going the entire time. I've never had a conversation on a quad before. But with a six-year-old girl, she, you know, especially with Poppy, she's going to have her way. Um, okay, so let me, let's pick up from where we go. Um, I've written about this <clears throat> in, in a few places, but I think it would be helpful for me to describe this. So, uh, masculine formation, the, um, what the masculine soul needs, the stages of the journey. This is really quite remarkable. If you look at the life of David, if you look at the life of Moses, if you look at the life of Jesus, and then if you, you know, read in the world of psychology, if you just listen to men's stories, it's just fascinating. There are these clear markers. There are these stages of the journey, stages of the masculine journey. And I'll describe them because it will help you unpack your story and where God might be working in your life right now. <clears throat> um, God is always at work. He is always at work. Jesus says, my father is working to this very day. Okay? And I too am working. So God is at work <clears throat> and he doesn't overwhelm. He doesn't overwhelm. So he doesn't work on a lot of things in your life at once. He tends to work on one or two things. This is really encouraging. It's really encouraging. Okay. So, um, beloved son, cowboy, warrior, lover, king, sage. Vic, how old are you? Okay, 63. He's in the sage stage. Spud, how old are you? 42. He's in the king stage, young king. But obviously, he's running a thing. You've got, you got a thing going on. You're a young king, okay? The stages of the masculine journey starts with beloved son, the boyhood years. In adolescence, you'll see, you'll see it. Those of you who can remember your childhood, those of you who have sons, it's just extraordinary. Somewhere between 12 and 14, things just start changing in the boy's soul. And he moves from the beloved son stage into the stage of what I call a cowboy. Realize that's very American, but in David's life, it would be the shepherd stage. But that shepherd's gotten so, like, creepy, religious. You know, there, we, there, you just, you know, you... It's not helpful. So, ranger, adventurer, you may want to come up with your own word. I call it the cowboy stage. And then, I'm going back to these, by the way. I'm not just going to... Um, and then, around the age of 18, 
17, 18, 19, something begins to change again in the development of the young boy's soul, the teenager's soul and heart, and he starts moving into the warrior stage. And it's very, very interesting. Um, you read the Old Testament, you read who, who was considered, when the people of Israel were leaving the promised land, um, and they numbered their fighting men, they kind of do we have an army? These are, these are refugees. These are people who are like fleeing slavery. So they've never been an operating army before. But they're going to need to be because of the fight. There's always a fight. Um, it starts with, with young men around this age. So it's even right, right there in the story of Israel. Somewhere at 17, 18, 19, you move into the warrior stage. <clears throat> and then overlapping that... Um, is also the lover stage. Though, if possible, it would be really good if the young man learned a little bit about being a warrior before he gets married. Or it's going to be shocking. Because you think it's just about love. Honey, I told you I'm at the conference. <clears throat> that young guy doesn't have some warrior in him, it's going to be really hard to, to fight for love. Not fight her, but for her. Okay? Um, and so the warrior stage, you're now in your 20s, warrior lover in your 20s, your 30s. And then as you begin to enter your 40s, the new stage begins to develop, the young king. <clears throat> and I'm giving you the broad strokes, and I'll go back. And the young king becomes a mature king to 60s, somewhere in there, um, in which he becomes the sage through his gray hair years. He is the sage. He is the elder. He is the counselor at the gates. Uh, okay? So those are the stages. Let me speak to the need. <clears throat> because the need will help you understand your story better, okay? So the need of the beloved son, it's, it's really an extraordinary moment in the, in the life of Jesus when he is baptized by his cousin in the Jordan um, and he comes up out of the water and the father speaks. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It, it's, this is absolutely remarkable. The, the father speaks to the son the core needs of the masculine soul, and they are love and validation. Love and validation. And every man in this room is chasing love and validation. In the beloved son stage, what you hope happens is that the father, literally his father, his biological father, or a father figure, a grandfather, an uncle, a good teacher, a priest, a pastor, someone, someone in his life lays the foundation uh, that you are loved. You are loved, son. And, and you have what it takes. 
So when the little guy learns to ride his bike with no hands, when he's giving his first speech in class, he wants dad there, right? When he's playing his first football game or his first big important one, he wants dad there, right? To, to say, I see you. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. <clears throat> you want that foundation of belovedness. Belovedness really laid down in the soul of the developing man. He's in the boyhood stage, but he is in, he's already, you know, in the development to become a man. You want belovedness laid down there really well. Um, now, <clears throat> my story uh, is very mixed. Um, grew up in an alcoholic home, <clears throat> and my mother went back to work because my father kept losing work. Uh, he was the alcoholic. She was a functioning alcoholic. Um, she went back to work when I was five years old, and she worked until she was 85. <clears throat> so I grew up without a mother, and I grew up largely without a father. And I have all of the attributes of a street kid. Hypervigilance, you know, um, ability to read people and situations immediately, you know, those kinds of things, survival instincts. Um, but, but, my grandfather was my rescue. And this is before I ever knew or had faith in God. He provided my grandfather. My grandfather was a really good man. And um, he's the only person in my life that's ever called me Johnny. And, and he took me in. He took me in. And, and he, he was a rancher. He, he had cattle. So I got to work on his ranch uh, as a boy in the summer. But it was belovedness. You want to go for a milkshake? Right? You want to get some chips? You want to, what do you want to do? You want to watch something together? It was belovedness. Gave me my first pocket knife. Right? It's things like that. It's gifts and presents and time with me. It's fishing and play. He had a pond on his ranch, and we used to go fish there. And, you know, for a boy, like, they were, I think they were, like, this big, the fish in there. But I would, I'd catch them by the hundreds. I could do it all day long. And here's, here's a beautiful piece of the story. He didn't fish, but he would stay there with me because he knew I wanted to. So it was belovedness, laying the foundation of belovedness. Why is this important? Because if the adult man does not know belovedness, he will chase it all through his adult life, through affairs uh, or, or serial women, you know. Um, he'll chase it through success, this is the guy who always needs to be the center of attention. <clears throat> this is the, the public speaker who always needs to have people's, you know, adoration. You know, like this gets really messy, okay? If he doesn't have belovedness, he will chase it later in life. And that's a really hard time to be chasing that, okay? God will come. I'm going to explain how God comes as we move through this. So belovedness primarily, and he begins to learn the lessons of you have what it takes. My grandfather would take me out into fields and put me on a tractor and say, I, I, want, this, I want this, you know, done like this. I've never, I've never driven a tractor before. I'm like 10 years old. But he knew what he was doing. 
right? You have what it takes, Johnny. I trust you. You can do this. You know, it's like this. And, yeah. but, but, but it was all of that opportunity. Okay, that gets the foundation laid in the beloved sun stage. <clears throat> Into the cowboy stage. The cowboy, the young teenage boy, the developing young man needs two things. He needs adventure and he needs hard work. And this is the crushing thing. Oh, it's just crushing about the, the, the life of the modern youth is all screens, right? It's all here. It's all on the phone. I, the, in the U.S. right now, it's seven hours a day. Seven hours a day looking at this. That's a lot of your day for youth, okay? No adventure, no hard work. <clears throat> that adventure and hard work are really essential for the development of the masculine soul in this stage. He's got to have fun. He can't just be work, right? This is the mountain biking or the motorbikes. This is the rock climbing or the surfing. You know, this, he's got to have some adventure. It might be travel, might be building things, but he's got to have some fun. Adventure tests the masculine soul in a controlled environment, and that's exactly what you want. You want to test the masculine soul in a controlled environment. So most of you guys have some sort of sport or hobby that you do. There's a level of testing. You get out on the golf course, you are, you are being tested, right? It drives men mad. Uh, but within a controlled environment, no one's going to die, okay? Um, sailing, skiing, you know, those kinds of things. So essential for the stage because you're developing strength and courage. You're developing risk-taking. It happens here, too. It happens here, too. I don't know if this fellow is here today, but I was giving a talk earlier in the week, and, and he came up and he said, oh, my gosh, my wife and I just realized we, um, she keeps telling our 8-year-old son, be careful, be careful. Are you going to do that? Are you safe, sweetheart? Be careful. Um, the, he needs to learn to take risks, right? So as an, as an adult man, he can take risks, appropriate risks, mature risks, but okay. But really in the, in the cowboy stage, play, adventure, and hard work, hard work. Hopefully something with his hands. Okay, men learn by doing. We are physical beings. We really are. We learn by doing. And so that's the, um, and, if, and if, these, if these things are not, this foundation is not laid. <clears throat> um, he has an adventure famine in his heart. So when he turns 55 and he's got some money now, right? He's buying the boats, He's buying the cars. He, you know, it's, his life is all about adventure. His wife is lonely. His kids never get time with him because he's trying to fill that adventure void that didn't get, didn't get nourished in this stage. And he won't take risks. He, doesn't, he won't take appropriate, at least appropriate risks. Play it safe. Lead a controlled life. Those kind, which I said will kill you. That will kill you to live in a small story. Okay? Um, I'm describing the needs, and then I'm going to lap back through, so don't despair yet. God. God comes. Uh, the warrior. <clears throat> the warrior stage 
is where he learns that he possesses a genuine strength on behalf of others. This is huge. Because the true warrior doesn't fight for himself. He fights for others. You know, that, that young man who's going to go on to, t you know, battle illiteracy, you know, down in the, in the inner city, that's a warrior. That takes a lot of warrior to do that. Or the young man that is fighting depression because of the neurochemical imbalance within him and, and some of the brokenness in his story. That takes a warrior to fight that, okay? <clears throat> so there is the very appropriate development of the warrior stage. Um, and this is where the world has been just devastating to men because C.S. Lewis's famous line is, we castrate and then we tell the gelding to be fruitful. It's like we, tr we try and make men safe we try and make them like women, particularly in the education system. Little boys are wild, right? They're climbing the banisters and they're running around that kind of thing. Their attention span, the way they learn, completely different from little girls. But most education systems are based on the behavior patterns of little girls. They can sit still and pay attention for long periods of time, right? <laughs> Not me. You know, I'm already bored with this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, and so we try and make men, especially at this age, we, make, we try and tell the boy, um, be less boy, be less man, be, be, be tamer, be safer. But if he, if he isn't invited into a, a battle to fight and that he is a warrior, then his marriage is going to be a disaster, right? He won't have the courage to stand up to her when she, you know, she's fallen, we're fallen, she's not always right. Uh, he won't have the courage to stand up to her and he, and he won't have the courage to go into difficult territory like with his 16-year-old daughter. He's like, I don't know what to do with her so he just stays at work, right? And, and so... If this is undeveloped, if the warrior is undeveloped in the man, then when he moves into the king stage, for example, um, churches, church leaders who lead their men into passivity instead of into the fight. We're in a great fight. Evil is rampaging the world. Human trafficking, child prostitution, you just name it. We're in a, we are in a great fight. You want warriors who know how to deal with darkness and evil, with courage and kindness and strength and fierce love, okay? You see this in Jesus. Like, he's phenomenal. He will walk up to foul spirits, creepy things, kick them out of human beings, send them to judgment, and then have a coffee. <laughs> Like it's nothing to him because he's so warrior. He knows who he is. He knows he has what it takes. He doesn't run from the battle, okay? Um, or what men do, I'm just helping you understand your story a little bit. 
what, what's needed. If you don't get warrior, if you don't get this developed and encouraged in you, um, then you will always choose small battles. You'll choose little battles that you know you can win, right? And what do you need God for? Like God's not even in that story, right? You're just choosing little challenges that you know you can handle. And then God comes along and says, hey, I want you to change your job. Or, hey, I want you to take this promotion. Or, I want you to go overseas and share your faith. Or, you know, and you're like, you know. Okay, so warrior, lover. Um, and man, the lover stage has been so narrowed down. When we think lover, you know, you just hear sex, <laughs> right? It's just about Kate Upton, you know, sex, pornography, masturbation, whatever. No, are you kidding me? The, the lover stage is about the awakened heart. He discovers that he loves music. Right? Or that he loves travel. He discovers that he loves the glens, right? Of Antrim. And he just wants to ride his motorbike through them because it's beauty, right? That his soul is craving. It's so much more than the woman and sex with her. <laughs> okay? Now, it does involve that, praise the living God. Okay? But, it, but the, the, the lover stage is the awakened heart. You have emotions. You are aware of them. They don't frighten you. The emotions of other people don't frighten you. I never saw my mother cry. She was a completely unattached woman. I never saw her cry. So I was terrified of, of tears. And if I, I'm a therapist, so this is pretty funny. If anybody would break into tears in my presence, I would be like, ooh, you know, it's like, ooh, this is like the bad, scary territory until finally I just walked into it one day and found out there's nothing to be afraid of there. There's nothing, there's no boogeyman. There's no, nothing's going to fall apart. Like, I'm like, wow. Okay, so the lover stage, learning to love a woman, learning to care for her heart learning to care for your daughter's heart or your sister, the women in your, in your life, okay? If you're, if you're a priest, you're, you're learning to care for the women in your parish. You're, you're, it is, it is, you are a warrior on behalf of others, okay? So in the lover stage, oh, it's a beautiful stage. It really is. Um, you don't get this. You don't get this training. Guess what happens? I mean, this isn't rocket science, guys. Some sort of sexual something is going to happen, right? Compulsive masturbation, use of pornography, paying for prostitutes, something, right? Because this, this is famished craving in there, okay? And then king. Um, the king stage is a really difficult stage there's a beautiful, every man, thinks, every man thinks he wants this stage, right? Finally, I'm the coach, you know? Finally, I'm the president. I'm in charge here. I, I, I have this classroom, all right? Yeah. Um, when Augustine is made <clears throat> bishop of Hippo in North Africa, he 
wept. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. Because there is a cost to the king stage. The king stage is primarily learning to rule something, a company, a division, a classroom, a parish, a church. It's learning to rule a kingdom on behalf of the people you serve. It's all about them. It's not about you. But you know, the world's struggle right now is uninitiated men who have become kings, right? And so there are little boys out there looking for belovedness or the, the lover that didn't get fed and they're into the, all the women, the sexual stuff or whatever, you know. And, and, or, or if they don't have the development of the king, then they make the kingdom all about them. All about them. They, you know, nobody gets to share an idea in their company. They totally dominate corporate meetings, you know, and everybody's scared of them, right? It's not a good king. You can test the king by asking people in his kingdom how they're doing. You can do this in churches. It's fascinating, right? You can do it in classrooms, education, whatever. You can companies. Just, just ask the people what it's like to work for him. Okay? Are they flourishing? Are they coming alive? Are they growing as human beings? Do they have creative opportunities like Adam and Eve did in the garden? Are they, you know, yeah, so that's really, really a beautiful stage, but it's a very costly one. <clears throat> and then comes the stage of the sage. Um, and and the, this is the moment in time where you have a lifetime of wisdom to offer others and the world sends you away. It's, it's just heartbreaking. It's just tragedy. My grandfather rescued my life. Totally rescued my life. He started this figuratively, right? Okay. Because he had a role to play still. He had a role to play. The, the sages are needed in this world. <clears throat> so if you're a sage, or if you're looking at that stage, and here's the difficult thing. If, if a, um, most kings do not like letting go of the wheel, right? They won't give up the pulpit. They won't give up the chairmanship. They won't give up managing the team. They won't give up control. But you have to, or how will the young kings come along? Right? You've got to just turn over more and more control so that you can become a sage. And what the sage could do in this hour, he could do a great deal of good, is is he could look for young men to come alongside. Right? Young men are desperate for this. Young kings are desperate for this, but all the way back down through it. Okay, so those things will help you think about your journey, think about your story, <clears throat> not only where you are right now, but it will help you think about what did I not get? What did I not get? What's missing? Because here's where God comes in. It's so beautiful. The father comes into our life and he says, I want to take you on an adventure. You're like, what? Yeah, I want to take you on an adventure. You, you totally missed that. You don't have enough adventure in your life. Or I just need to tell you how beloved you are because you need to know belovedness. 
Right? It's so beautiful. He will come and he will minister and meet you in your place of need. He really will. He's, he's completely committed. The gospel mission is the restoration of our humanity, male and female. So he's completely committed to the, to the healing and the wholeheartedness of your masculine soul. And he can make up for everything you didn't get. He totally can, okay? If you let him in, door opens from the inside. If you let him in, you go, Father, I don't think I got any belovedness. I, I need belovedness. He'll do that. He'll do that. You say, Father, I am a totally untrained warrior. I, I need warrior training. He'll do that. He'll do this. There's this beautiful moment in the film, The Kingdom of Heaven. I recommend that film to guys a lot, The Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, Liam Neeson, Orlando Bloom. You have a young, uninitiated man who an older father comes along and fathers him in belovedness, in adventure, in warrior, and then the young man ends up becoming a really good king. He's a really good king. Okay, that's a lot. Let me, let me stop talking. <clears throat> and do we have some questions or you want to, yeah, we can just do it while you were, yeah. how do you want to do this? Um, well, I, I have one question. Because um, only heard you mention this the other day. Because um, this is obviously out of the book, Fathered, Fathered by God, yes. which was a game changer for me. Thank you. Yeah. You just said this little phrase the other day and I'm going to say it to you to try and help you under the, the respond. When you put a pandemic in the middle of all oh of this. Oh gosh, right. Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> we've just come through two years of global trauma. Guys, if nobody has said this to you yet, you have just been through two years of global trauma. To have the whole world change, to have the economy real, you're at home trying to figure out work online, all of it, fear, death, all that, trauma. So you, yeah, you put the, put the masculine soul into, into that environment. It was so emasculating because they told all these warrior kings, oh, this room is filled with warrior kings. They told all these warrior kings, go home, go home, do nothing. The most helpful thing you can do in the world is to go home. That's crushing to the masculine soul. I'm like, come on, no, this is a fight. Let's get in. Let's, let's fight. We got, we got to beat this thing. We got to help humanity. We got to figure it out. We, come on. Like, uh, I remember um, we had a wildfire sweeping the forest behind our home, and they do the same thing. They take all these warrior kings, and they tell them, you go leave. We got this. I'm like, no, this is my house. I'm supposed to fight for this, Right? Put me in, coach. Give me a garden hose. Let me do something. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, whew, yeah, your soul needs some care right now. Your soul needs some care. If you have not, isn't this funny? I reach for my phone. I don't have it. Praise the living God. I intentionally left it. Um, we developed an app called the One Minute Pause. It's free. You can get it on the App Store, iPhone, Android. One minute pause to heal your soul from the global trauma. 
and, and the guys in here who have used it will tell you, oh, it works. It's, it works in spades. So I would just toss that out. You want to ask a couple questions? Should we do it like that? Yeah. What are your questions from this morning or from now? What would you like to know? Yes, this is so helpful. So uh, the question is, you want to come alongside guys who, frankly, although they're 40 or 50, are still adolescent or maybe younger. Yeah, no fathers, emotionally undeveloped, right? But now you have a little bit more category for that. Um, if, if you are living with men, walking with men, relating to men at any level, if you have a small group, if you want a small group, if you want a band of brothers, you need to ask his story. You don't know till you know his story. He's acting out. You can see the acting out. You can see the anger or the, or the pouting. You can see the narcissism, you know, or whatever, or his fear. But you have to know his story. You have to know his story because the answers are back in the story. And so the most, there's a lot of them in this room right here. The most powerful groups going on in the world right now are small groups of men who get together to tell each other their story and to fight for each other. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Okay? So I would start there. Tell me your story. And then, and then now you have some categories. You're like, oh, he has no belovedness. I want to speak belovedness into his life, right? Or, oh, he was never developed in risk-taking. I'm going to help him do that in a, in a kind way, you know, start in a manageable way. You can, you'll see it. You can read it. Other question. Valid, how do you get it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> because what I said uh, the other morning when I was chatting about this was, the search for love and validation is not something that, get, that gets addressed once in your life, right? You're loved, you're good, let's go. No, 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 no. It, this is something that we need as men throughout all the years of our life. It's nourishment, it's food. The Father, just like he did with Jesus, wants to do this in your life. Now, he'll do it in a number of ways. He'll bring men into your life. He'll bring situations. Um, but primarily through the love, the love of your true father. So I'd ask him. I'm going to give you the gnarliest question, the wildest, most dangerous, risky thing you could ever do. Ask him, Father, what do you think of me? I mean, Heavenly Father. God, my Father. What do you think of me? And stay with that. Stay with that. I don't mean just in one moment. I mean over a couple weeks, over a couple months. Father, what do you think of me? I need, I need validation very deeply. And he will speak. He will. And the things that he will say to you will be the most precious gifts of your entire life. He will tell you who you are. Oh, there's that beautiful scene in Les Mis the Liam Neeson uh, version of Les Mis where the priest, you know, um, pulls back his hood and he says to Jean Valjean, I know who you are. I know who you are. Right? He validates him. Another one. Yeah. Mm. I adore Dallas. He was asking about the differences of Dallas Willard's books and my teaching. Um, 
I love Dallas. He was actually a personal friend. <clears throat> Dallas was a university professor. Didn't own a mountain bike. Didn't like to golf. Okay. So there is a little bit of the cerebral there. I'd like to just add some color to the palette. Okay? I adore his stuff. Read it, use it. Spirit of the Disciplines, great book. Yeah. But there's a little more color to the palette. So you're I'm not ready to read yours? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm saying you are right on time. You are right on time. Yeah. Is that time? Oh, that's it? Okay, one more. It, it's, it, it, it's devastating. It is the most heartbreaking thing in the world. The, the majority of young men in prison do not have fathers. The majority of young men who commit sexual crimes do not have fathers. The majority of young men who start wars do not have fathers. Do you know how ISIS recruits, how the Taliban recruits? They find fatherless young men and they send an older man into his story to give him a story worth living in. Guys, this is it. Like, like to offer young men fathering would be one of the greatest things you could do. Start a campfire, start a club, something together. Ride bicycles, anything. Get some young fatherless boys right, around and, and just speak into them. It doesn't take a lot of your time. You don't have to become their dad. That's the mistake men make. But just to speak love and validation into their life, to invite them into some adventures, th this is it. This is, this is the crisis. It really is. The healing of masculinity in the world. Like, okay, we could go on for hours. What do you want to do, Spud? Let's uh, show our appreciation. Amazing. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We really hope and pray that God's Word has spoken to your heart and that His Holy Spirit has empowered you to go out and be an effective man. That people would look at you and really take note that you've been with Jesus. If we can help you or your church in any way in engaging and in reaching men, both inside and outside the church, this is a huge need in our time and in our world at this moment, please go onto our website, rumble.vision, and send us an email, reach out to us. We would love to get a coffee and to talk to you about some of the things that we have that can help you at a local level. But we do hope that you can join us again soon for our next episode. Be blessed, and we'll see you again soon.